In today's episode, we get story time with Ryan as he takes us into his son's character transformation, evident in his airborne paratrooper training as he has to act under pressure and shares how that applies to us and what it really means to do your job. You are listening to the Fifth Hammer Growth Podcast, where we help you find harmony in imperfection as you journey towards success in life and in business. My son, Connor, who you guys know, last year made the decision to join the army. So um, after we tried to talk him out of it, um, not because we're anti-army or anything, I'm just, you know, as a parent, you're always concerned about the decisions your kids make, right? And making sure that he's making it the right, the right decision for the right reasons. Well, we've had the opportunity to, so he, he, he joined and his, his goal is to go into special forces selection where he will go into SOP C in Fort Liberty, which is where he's currently at, but he's been at Fort Moore, which has been Fort Benning for years, but he's been at Fort Moore and he went through basic and he went through infantry school and then he went through airborne training. Now, We've had the opportunity to go out and be there with him at his, when he his turning green, his turning blue, and, and even his airborne graduation. And, and last week, we were told that we could come out and watch his last jump for airborne, which was, my wife was all over. I mean, you guys know Christina. She's like, her love language is time. Mm-hmm. And she was like, travel is how time really comes together with her. So we go out there and, and it's been interesting to watch Connor through this progression of the last several months as he's been going through army training and infantry school. And, and because we've really seen that he's in the right place for the right reasons. I mean, his maturity level, um, the things that he's doing. And it was interesting because when, when I said I tried to talk him out of it, I didn't really talk, try to talk him out of it. I just was helping him think about the, the, what this would mean, right? And, and understanding the fact that, that he didn't have to join the army. You know, we're in a situation where, where really my, Christina and I would love and support him in anything he does. And so he can choose really anything in front of him, right? So, so, my, so my wife just texted me, Renee Brown quote, and she said, um, oh, shoot, I'm going to botch it. I'll just read it because this is exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. She just said, you're not free to say yes unless you're free to say no. A lot of times we just say yes by the pressure of society or of family or of options or limited opportunities, right? So we just say yes. Right. And you're saying, hey, you present with your son the ability to say no. Right, exactly. And that's, and that's yeah. kind of better right. than trying to say that I tried to talk him out of it. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I love, my dad was in the service. Dude, I can't believe I just got emotional because I said my dad who passed away last year. My dad was in the service. My brother was in the service. So it's not like, it's not like I'm, I tried to talk him out of it because I don't believe in the military. I truly, I'm, I'm patriotic. I love our country and I love what the military stands for. But it was, you're exactly right. It's, it's the ability to give him the option to say no. 
right? So it's interesting because we went to to Fort Moore and we're we're standing out there in this huge field and there's other parents and other family members and we're waiting for this plane to come by. And all of a sudden we see it take off on the airstrip that's just on the other side of this field. I mean, it's super close. So they were just flying around and and if if you don't if you don't know airborne training, it's a static line drop, right? So there's parachuting, which is a free fall, like high level pull or low level pull. Um, and then the static line drop is they hook up. You've seen it in the movies. They hook up, they run out of the back of the plane, that line pulls their parachute out. So it's, as soon as they step out of the plane, their parachute's opening. Um, they're only about 1200 feet, which is, a lot, but it's not very, it's not very much compared to like <laughs> high altitude. Jay would crap his pants. Oh, I know. I'm, I'm crapping my pants right now. <laughs> it's like but, high altitude. But jumps. still also low, low, extremely low. Like it didn't take him long to get to the ground. So that's why they have to do that drop, that roll. Yeah, that drop and roll. Because they're hitting the, they're hitting the ground at like 18 miles an hour, which is equivalent to jumping off like a nine foot wall onto the ground. So they're, so they're, it's, they're not like. They're not the guys that are like running down and <laughs> landing on their toes. You know, they're hitting the ground. Yeah. And the concept, and it's interesting because I was talking with a, a, a good friend of mine, Franklin, that was, um, that was talking about how it's kind of an obsolete tactic. It was perfect during World War I, World War II, where the planes could fly low and slow over behind enemy lines and drop people. And all they got is their guns that are shooting at them. But nowadays, dude, you drive low and slow over anything, missiles are going to take you out. Right, Whoa, so that's a good point. It's kind of an obsolete tactic, um, and there's there's debate within the the military about the use of this moving forward. But in fact, if you think about it, even during Vietnam, they used helicopters more than they used paratroopers oh, because wow. of how tight it was. Right. Yeah, so, right. so anyway, so we're sitting there watching this, and and they come out, and their parachute opens, and they fall to the ground. And then they do this like infantry landing roll so they don't break their ankles and things like that, which kids did. And it's, it's crazy because they started with like, like 350 people. And I don't know these numbers exactly, but they started with about 350 people in infantry in airborne school at the beginning of the three-week process. And on the first time that they went up in a plane, they lost like 20%. <laughs> like people were like, I mean, kids are just like, no. Yeah, and uh, guys, the junk like there were there were everybody every aspect of the military will go to Fort Moore for paratrooper training. Like there were Marines and Navy. I mean, there were people that were there that were just trying to. So they're not just eighteen, nineteen year old kids. There were I I okay. saw twenty seven, twenty eight year old men and women yeah. Yeah. that were going through paratroopers. Yeah, I don't know why I said kids, but you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Cuz yeah, we look at like yeah. cuz you look at Connor as a kid. Yeah, but it's also he's a young man. But he's 22, right? Right? And I still look at him as a kid. Right. So so we're sitting there watching and and he told us what number he was going to be in the jump sequence. And so we're trying to I'm trying to count as they come out. I'm like 1 2 3. Oh, that's him. I got my my camera up and I'm I'm filming these two guys come down cuz they jump two at a time out of the plane. The interesting thing about it is next to the one I was filming, I saw this one and, and, and this one set of paratroopers, this one guy went underneath this other guy. And so this, uh -oh. this one soldier was on top of this, of the paratrooper that he came out with. 
And the interesting thing about these, you picture this, the whole point of that parachute is the drag that they get from the air coming up as they're falling. So what happens is the guy on top instantly starts losing air and he starts falling faster and his, he's losing air because he doesn't have enough. All the air is going to the guy underneath him and he drops on top of the parachute oh my gosh. underneath him. And you see him. I'm going to drop a deuce straight on that parachute. <laughs> Dude, he would have dropped a deuce falling out of the plane. I would have been one of the 20% that dropped a deuce in the plane. You can't walk. You can't ride a bike over the Golden Gate Bridge, dude. No, I did it, though. <laughs> and then I took a picture because I was proud of myself, and it looked like I lost 10 years off my life. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry. Wait. So, so I'm watching them. I got it on film. So I'm going to post this picture um, so that everybody can see it. But you, you see this paratrooper land on top of the parachute underneath him and you see him like running uh, he's almost running and and moving his feet and trying to push himself away because his chute is starting to close and he gets away and he instantly drops like 30 feet automatically because all because he doesn't have the air and all of a sudden he's like he drops his his parachute picks up he's falling faster than the other guy so now he's way below the other guy that he just went on and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, freaking hell, dude, that's Connor. That is Connor. And I watch him all the way down and he lands and he's fine. Um, but when he, and these dudes are, these dudes are troopers, man. I mean, if anybody wants to get in shape, join the freaking army because these guys are with, they have their 60 pound rucks, 40 pound, um, uh, pair, like parachute bags and they're hiking probably a good mile off the field that's how big this field was and they're walking up carrying this and we see connor come up and he's all smiling waving at me and i'm like dude was that you he's like yeah and he's i'm like you landed on the other guy he's like yeah it scared the hell out of me he's like i he i'm like what did you do and he looks at me and this is a proud dad moment and he goes dad i did my job and I was like, and that hit me, right? And we didn't have a lot of time with him. We, you know, we were like, okay, cool. He's like, I got to go. I got to turn my stuff in. And, uh, and the next day we had the chance to really sit down and talk with him. And it was so interesting to me because I asked him. Like immediately I thought, oh, he's going to get yelled at. He did something wrong. He's, the, you know, and, and I, uh, a friend of his who, who went into the military about eight months before Connor went in, Phil Kerwin, super amazing guy. I love the dude to death. Um, he, he, I was texting him trying to understand what was going on. And I sent him the video and feels like, yeah, dude, when you're running across, when you're on top of a parachute, it's like, you're in a bounce house. That's how, that's how firm. And, and it's like, you don't have a lot of traction. you just have to get out. And he goes, Connor did an amazing job recovering. He did his job. Phil used the same words, did his job. right? So it was, it's, it's so interesting to me. So Connor comes over the next day, we're sitting down talking to him and I'm like, dude, did you get in trouble? He's like, no. I'm like, did anybody talk to you? Cause I'm concerned, right? As a dad, I'm like, are you going to be, cause I'm always, he's like, no dad, I did my job. And it, it hit me the difference in the mentality that these soldiers are, are change, right? Because in the workplace, now think about the contrast in the workplace. And how many times have I talked to you guys about hitting people's like buttons? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because in, in today's workplace, there's a division between leadership and a young workforce. 
And there's a lot of young workforce out there, young workforce that have grew up on social media, young workforce that have, um, that are constantly looking and seeking affirmation by having people hit their like button. And, and I, and that was a challenge as we were going through and growing our company, because it was like, how do you build a culture where I don't feel like I have to go around and hit everybody's freaking like buttons for doing their job. And it's like today in today's society, getting a paycheck just isn't enough. They, they expect their paycheck, right. but they also want to be validated on a daily basis. And, and when I was talking to Connor about this, he's like, he's like, dad, when we were going through basic training, we were telling, Hey, every, nice job. Way to go. Good job. And they're giving attaboys to everybody in basic training and their drill sergeant actually stopped him and said, knock it off. We don't tell people they're doing a good job for doing their job. They're doing their job. They don't need to be affirmed that they did a good job if they did their job. And so they drilled into them this concept of self-motivation, self-pride, contentment with doing your job and being paid for the job that you're doing. And it was such a different contrast because Connor, growing up, needed those words of affirmation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot and of needed us do. to feel a lot of us do. They yeah. need the words about and, and that in fact that's a love language. Yep. But that love language doesn't exist in I the think, army. I think it's an insecurity language. Speaking as someone who has scored for that, I know whenever I'm looking for validation and I'm looking for words of affirmation, it's I'm insecure. I'm in I'm in a place of being insecure. I won't speak generally for everybody. John uh so John Maxwell talks about learning something from John Wooden. John Wooden would not overvalidate someone for just doing what they should be doing. He would say, good. Yeah. Well, that's why parents hate this. Everyone gets a trophy. Yeah. Reality, right? Because it is that overvalidation. And then it creates a repetitive nature of seeking more of it. And you create the society that we live in. Well, and there's some theories that our generation created this. I'm lumping you and I in the same yeah, generation. Yeah, yeah. We're only like five years apart or what, yeah, seven years? Yeah, Spencer's like 20 years younger. Yeah. <laughs> but our generation sort of created this because we were the Lashkey kids. Nobody paid attention to us. We were sort of left over in a corner. So a lot of love language comes from our generation. And then we wanted to like validate everyone because we didn't really feel that. Um, that's just one theory that I've heard. But No, and it works. And there's this other theory that um, they did the study on on school kids that when they turned in their assignments, they said, hey you did good work or, you know, here's your, Hey, you did great. This was wonderful. Perfect. Right. And the other one was good effort, you know, and, and it was focused more not on the outcome of the work, but on the effort of the work. Yes. Yeah. And the second time they went back, the kids that had the outcome praise did worse. And the kids that had the effort praise did better. Yeah. Danny Arelli did a study on this too. There's actually a Ted talk on it. Um, and it's the people who got praised for their effort actually worked longer worked harder than the people who got praised for like their skill. Right. So, and, and it's just interesting, all these concepts come together, but I was, I was completely amazed and impressed with the change in the individual because confidence was instilled in them through a rigorous training mm. process, right? Connor's confidence in himself now was Fit hitting the shan and he freaking crapped some bricks. Absolutely. That scared the crap out of him because he was faced with if I didn't do my job, I'm gonna die. 
but he was trained. He executed under pressure and he was able to perform at a very high level and do his job. I want to go back to a few things because you've noticed a transformation in Connor. Right? It's physical too, by the way. If you've seen the before and after, he just now he just his neck is like thicker. He just looks oh, like dude, a you want like to see something crazy? Is like our boys have this. They 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 grab each other's butts, and they <laughs> we have pictures of all four of our boys like with their hands on each other's butts. So the first time Braden went out there when Connor graduated from infantry school, um, Braden's my oldest. Connor's number two. They're 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 like sixteen months apart. Braden freaking grabbed Connor on the butt. He's like, dang, dude, you got chunk. He's all of a sudden Connor's like thick. So you're right. There's yeah. a physical transformation too. Yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, but the personal transformation, right? The character transformation that you're describing in this, right? Over um, a teenager who sought praise and validation to a young man who's now content and self-motivated to fulfill his duty, right? In whatever he's doing. Like, I want to dissect that a little bit because it's fascinating. I think it applies to us as leaders, to people running businesses, to people running homes, but that it started as a choice. And you shared that at the, at the onset, right? This was his decision. He wanted to do this. You presented him with the opportunity not to and the ability not to, but because he chose it, he's been more bought into that entire process than anything else he's ever done. Mm, yeah. Extreme ownership. Right? Yeah. Yeah, but it starts with that agency, that choice, but also kind of the inner call, like to do something bigger than yourself. Yeah. Right. I mean, he felt all of that. Yeah. And he followed it, which is awesome. Yeah. When you, you've told what's really stuck with me is uh, one of the things that's really stuck with me is when you talk about his feeling of being called to do this, this is where God wants me right now. Yeah. And it, you get goosebumps like that. He would crawl over glass probably because that's his why. Yeah. You know, and then, yeah. and what a mature thing. Like, and then also I've been thinking about this story ever since you told me, I was actually at the gym this morning and I was just thinking like, you know, I know, I know we say, uh, lately we've been kind of joking that balance is bogus, but also I do believe at some level, everyone needs to be validated. Yeah. And I think the majority of that we need to self-validate. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. But it does feel good. Even if you, I know that even if people say they don't, because my wife's like this, she says, I don't, she's not a words of affirmation person, but I do know if affirmation is sort of starved out of her life for long enough, she will seek it. Everybody kind of needs it. Yeah. Right. So I don't know where, where the balance is there, but maybe it's in the praise of the effort and it's in the, I don't know, maybe it means more if you don't do it as much. Well, and I think the thing I love about this is I've always told my kids that you can do hard things, right? And I think as parents, and this is, think through, like, I, I, I know that, like, this is, this is super personal for me, but I've always told my, my kids that you can do hard things. And so when you see them do hard things at that level, the emotions just come, man. Yeah. And it is, it's, you can't help but just be a proud dad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm living through you in that. I'm, I'm, I'm really, it's, it's awesome to see. Cool. Get ready, Spence. Yeah. It's a wrap.